Hey, one quick thing before we get started. I just want to remind you that this podcast is for information, education, and entertainment. It is not a substitute for therapy or therapeutic intervention. If you find yourself in crisis, please visit your local emergency room or contact a crisis hotline. Hey everyone, it's LaShonda from Labors of Love, and you are listening to the Labors of Love podcast. I'm extremely excited to have this conversation with my guest today. Joining me is Victoria Farley. Hi, Victoria. Hi. How are you? I'm fine. How are you guys today? I'm good. Thank you. So I'm going to start with you like I do all my guests and ask, what is your labor of love? So for me... My labor of love is health. I am very passionate about making sure we understand um, our bodies um, and how that will lead to me. It will lead into a more, um, I don't want to say like a better way of living, just an efficient way of life if we just start with our health. So for me, my labor of love is not only my health, but for others too. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So before we talk about all the ways in which health uh, shows up and impacts our, our lifestyle mm-hmm. and way of living, uh, can you talk to us a little bit about mm-hmm. how this became a, a passion for you? Where is this labor of love rooted? So for me, honestly, um, I started... Um, thinking about my health around 2016, 2017. Um, and it, it started, of course, with I just had my son in 2014. I used to work out and I'm thinking like, man, uh, like I still have like a gut here. Like what's going on with that, right? But this is before I knew what gut health was. I'm like, it just don't move. Um, and so I just started doing like a little bit more research. And it was like, you should change the way you eat because most people like they work out, but then you will still like go to McDonald's or you go. And I was a restaurant kid. So um, I grew up, I mean, I used to eat big boys for breakfast. Like people don't believe me. Like I really ate like really, really bad. Um, And so I didn't understand how those things were not only affecting my health, but just other things like brain fog and memory and not having energy. Like, I didn't tie those things to food. I never did. So once I started doing more research, I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to eat more fruit than vegetables. Okay, so this food pyramid might be kind of wrong. I don't really need milk to make my bones stronger. Just little things like that. And then, like, once I started asking questions and doing more research, it just took off from there. And then I started really um, implementing my family more around 2018, 2019, um, uh, yeah, area. And so, you know, I, I want to talk a little bit about like how we met and when I was okay. like, yeah, let's come <laughs> have this conversation. So, mm-hmm. um, hoping to have, uh, your partner and husband on the podcast at some point, but, uh, Byron yep. is our landscaper. Um, and <laughs> if y'all listen regularly, you know, I am about hashtag no maintenance. So as we are looking at our law, we like, yeah, who about to mulch this every year? Not us. <laughs> so we like, yo, can you, can you give us a rock garden? And he did. Yeah. And so as Byron was kind of getting our, our rock garden together, um, Victoria came, you know, to help him out and as his partner and we just got to talking. And so as mm-hmm. we started talking about, um, our overlapping history of working in the social service world and kind of health in general and the role of food, nutrition, and all of those things in our physical health, our mental, emotional health. I was like, let's, let's have this conversation where other people can listen to it. Right. So that is why, um, you know, I really am excited to have this conversation with her on the podcast. So when you say that you began to integrate what you were learning into your family's Mm -hmm. lifestyle. What did that look like? Because I know a lot of people who are like, I want to be more um, 
oh, what's the word? Just, I want to be more aware of what I'm putting in my body and health. And I know I've gone uh-huh. through periods of that, but we mm-hmm. have autonomy over ourselves. When we start adding yeah. kids and partners yeah. and uh, teenagers and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So can you talk a little bit about what it's been like for you and advice you would have for others as they try to take their own personal health and extend it into their family lifestyle? Um, yes. So of course the transition was hard. So one of the first things I did, and this, this might've been like a, a bit extreme. I was like, all right, guys, um, in 2016, January of 2016, I'll never forget. I said, um, I'm taking away beef and pork. I just stopped. Like I, when I go to the grocery store, I'm, I'm only going to buy chicken and fish. And they were like, what? And I'm like, yeah. And then I'm only going to implement almond milk. And the kids were like, what? Because I had serial kids, right? Like most of us do. And But the funny thing was, is that my children drunk almond milk at my parents' house, like with no hesitation. But because I decided to do it, then it was like, mom, you can't do that. That's not right. And at that time, my girls were um, fifth and third grade. So it wasn't like they were teenagers like they are now where they're like, okay, getting back into what they used to eat. So at that time, I believe it was easier. And for my son, I knew that I didn't want to put him on regular milk uh, once I transitioned him off of um, formula. So that's kind of what it looked like in the beginning where I just was like, no more pork, no more beef, um, just chicken and fish. And then every time I go to the grocery store, buying more fruits and vegetables because before it would be like oh maybe once a month I buy some grapes like it wasn't an everyday thing now I go to the store um, every day in order for me to keep fresh food in my house in order for my kids to see it every day I have to buy it every day Mm -hmm. so our fruit bowl gets filled every day that sounds awful. Now, I'm just saying that's because I ain't been in a grocery store probably three or four years, but we get groceries, right? So that, yeah. that, that might not sound awful. I do believe that Jay would go to the grocery Sometimes he does go to the grocery store every day. He is not impacted by that. Me, I'm like, what can we shop for for the whole month? So I ain't gotta be back, but obviously. So I hear that transition, right? So I think one thing to point out as we think about transitional health, that's mm. the way I, I frame mm-hmm. it. Like taking mm-hmm. our health from one place to the next is a transition. Yeah. And we yes, have to is. view that like a process, just like every other transition. Mm-hmm. And it's not just, I think sometimes this is why I think people get discouraged with transitional yes. health mm-hmm. is because they minimize the complexity of health in general. So yeah. people say, I want to eat better. So that means I have to eat different right but they don't think about frequency of shopping they don't think yep. about cost they don't think about how yep. to budget that how to budget yep. time how to mm-hmm. how to rearrange physical things like mm-hmm. um within the kitchen so that things yep. can the per, you know preserve the the life the shelf life of certain things how to yes. let things get ripe and so people i think mm-hmm. get discouraged because yes. they get all gung ho on something and they go and they haven't fully counted the cost of all the things that need to transition mm-hmm. with that, the conversations, the relationships, the, yep. the, the taking something away from people who have been conditioned to want it and mm-hmm. the patience that comes with that. So in addition yes. to making some very significant shifts with what food you bought and the frequency Uh of that what are some of the other things that came along in this transition period for your family um I'll tell you another uh big transition was I didn't realize how I had to incorporate also switching out household products um so that meant like no more Don right I was like okay and and you're right so you you start with oh I gotta change the way I eat so you're like I gotta go to Whole Foods right? Uh-uh, no. So I, I was like going to Whole Foods, getting our groceries, going to Trader Joe's, switching out um, regular dishwasher, detergent, all of our um, household cleaners. I totally switched it. But I still didn't realize it, like you said, the process. There's a process in the middle of that that you have to process. 
and I didn't do that. So um, I had to like revamp some things. And then on top of with trying to switch diet, I never thought about like, oh, I need herbs like elderberry and things like that to keep my immune system up because it goes beyond just the food. So those were some other things, but those things didn't come later. But the household things were like the second biggest things that came after the food. Yeah, thank you. And I, mm-hmm. I also believe that like healthy conversation, transparent conversation around shifts are so important when we're talking about transitioning whole families. Yes. So again, when one person is doing a thing, they do their thing. Maybe yep. someone notices, oh, you're doing this different. Why are you doing this? But one mm-hmm. thing that I have noticed for sure is my children are watching me whether I realize it or not. And I recognize this. Yes, I know it. Yes, I know it. But it hit me last week Mm -hmm. so much when, um, so I do this thing where I, um, especially primarily on days when I'm having sessions, um, after every session, I go and I walk the perimeter of my home Mm. and I'm reinforcing energetic boundaries and releasing Uh things that I didn't picked up and borrowing things from earth the whole thing and my one of my daughters is like mommy will you walk around the house with me and it was Mm. just this thing now I recognize in that moment she didn't well let me not speak for her because she wanted them sneaky kids that she she be deep (laughs) and I'll be like I need to stop taking you for granted but I didn't ask her in the moment why that was and I was like sure and she's like mommy we need to do this more often like together and then I had left and Jay told me that while I was gone she just walked out walked around the house and came back and what I realized is our children will adopt our behaviors but it's time for us to tell them why we do what we do Mm -hmm. so like I, I love that she's doing that but I now recognize that I need to help her know that this isn't necessarily physical exercise as much as it's spiritual exercise Mm. and Mm. I want her to have an understanding of why mommy does what she's doing I don't say that because she has to do it for the same reason I say that because I need her to know that there is intentionality behind everything that I do and I want her to set an intention doesn't have to be mine but what Mm -hmm. is it And so as we start to make family transitions around all kinds of different things, it could be around, you know, how much uh, media we consume and -hmm. different things like that. I think a part that often gets missed is the actual transparent conversations around the why of why we do so that our children can be informed. It's like you said, Mm -hmm. your girls are teenagers now. If they get to a point where you are no longer ultimately the last resort and what they consume, Mm -hmm. they don't go away and go, oh, mama took beef and pork away from me all these years ago. I want it back. Oh, mom did this because of this. And I can make whatever choice I want to, but at least I know why she did what she did. So what kind of conversations do you have with your family? I'm so glad that you said that. Um, because that is probably the biggest lesson out of this. So again, in 2016, when I said, okay, guys, I'm just taking this out, da 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 we need to eat better. There was no conversation. Now that I have educated myself and really studied um, all of the herbalists like Dr. CB, because um, it started with Dr. CB's food list, but I had to really study and understand why he is saying, We need to eat like this because this is going to help with this and that. Now I am able to have better conversations with my children. And and if you're around my children, you will hear it. Do they still follow protocol now? No, my daughter's 18. She works at Skyline. She eats three ways, okay? Um, But you will hear my children say, and especially my son, Oh no, we need to take our CMOS today because um, we need to keep our immune systems up. We're about to go back to school. Um, the elderberries don't help me not get a cold. Uh, and it's funny when you hear them on the phone with their friends and somebody might say, my mom not feeling too well. They're like, oh, they need to come over and talk to my mama because she got some CMOS and elderberry, you know, 
So I know that they are paying attention, but like you said, ultimately it will be about the decision that they might make. And they might say, I understand why my mom is saying uh, what she is saying. And I think that's the stage that we're in now. So of course, when they go out with their friends, I know that they eat different things. And I am, I had to become okay with that because it was a very big transition, not only for myself, but for my children. Um, for my husband right so I, I used to get mad at first like guys no because I was like I just don't want anybody to get sick but then I had a wake-up call and it was like and I think it was probably COVID we all had wake-up calls and it was like you have to be the example one and they'll follow suit but they're gonna do it their way and and that's that's where we're at right now and you said something that really made me think about and this is a universal trait, but it definitely applies to me, that especially as parents, as someone who loves other people, loves our children, mm-hmm. our desire for their well-being can sometimes swing the pendulum over to control. Yes. And so that's like, Mm-mm, no, okay, I got to control all these aspects because, mm-hmm. because I love them because Uh I care, because I want them to be well. And when we are in that control, I always say uh, force breeds resistance. When we Mm. move into a space of control, people losing their autonomy causes them to resist, causes them to fight back. So then next thing you know, we've personalized that to their fighting us. They're fighting the idea. And really what they're fighting for is their autonomy inability to choose and make decisions for themselves to have choice and so I think as we grow and mature as people and in Mm -hmm. our parenting in our leadership this happens in corporate leadership organizationally Mm -hmm. all across church leadership happens everywhere once love transcends our need for control yeah we begin to realize that we love people by, like you said, being the example, giving them something that models what can be, which Mm -hmm. instills hope, but Mm -hmm. also says, I love you enough to trust that you're going to choose what's good for you and not being scared when some of those choices don't look like the way we would do it. Even Mm -hmm. if we can look at it and go like, oh my God, no, don't do that. Or that's harmful. We go, but I trust that I've given you the information Yep. Right. You talk about your son and we, we talked about this when we were talking together that like um, your son was young enough to kind of move into this where he was still at a space where he was dependent. Yep. So he's yep. kind of grown up on this. I say about yeah. my son, I say, look, the girls caught me at a good time. <laughs> they caught me at a really good time. Self-discovery, yeah. growth, all this stuff. My son okay. had a really? lot more time with him. Right. So yeah. I notice just the difference in some things that my yeah. girls are only accustomed to this particular way of life. Whereas my yes. son, it was a transition for him. And I've really oh, had yeah. to learn to, to soften back this mm-hmm. part of me that wants to just control for his own sake. Yes. How he's processing things or what he does and go, mm, I have to trust that he's watching just like the girls he might not go out and walk around the house you know but he's watching he's absorbing Mm -hmm. I try to make it a point to come and say let me talk to you about this or let me tell you about this and sometimes he'll be like okay (laughs) and I'm like you don't need to do anything with it and what what really just hit me is my dad used to do that all the time I said he gave me so many um so many things that were so advanced for my age. It was almost like, why are you telling me this? Like, this is not yeah. applicable right now. But my father died when I was 23, 24. Wow. He died when I was uh. young. Mm-hmm. And I realize now, I'm not saying he knew that necessarily, but he was sick my whole life. I felt okay. like he understood. Yeah. I'm going to give it to you now. Put it in a Ziploc bag and put it in the freezer, but you'll need this one day. And so I have this gratitude, even just in this moment for how my father was able to give me the things. He never gave it to me in some way that then would try to force me to do something with that information now, but how I'm now 40 thawing out Mm -hmm. some of this stuff. 
that he gave yes. me when I was 10, 11, yes. 15. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, right. That's what so yeah. that's what he meant. So the, the mm-hmm. idea that as parents that we think because we give our kids something in the moment that they have to use it right there in that moment is our, that's ours. We gotta, we gotta yeah. manage that for ourselves. That's not our kids. Mm-hmm. We gotta trust yep. that we are giving them things that are, that are beneficial and helpful. Yep. I totally agree. Um, and Byron does that with the girls. Um, and I'm like, Ooh, the gems that he gives you guys will see it. And I get it. You ain't going to see it now. I'm 42. And I'm just now, I am just now seeing things that my mother would say that she would say, it, and you'll be like, yeah, that's never going to happen. No, she has no idea what she's talking about. Cause I'm gonna live my life different. Right. And no, I get it now. And I I love the fact that Byron does that with all three of the kids because I know I can see down the line that they're going to be like, that's what he meant. That's what dad meant. Yeah. And some of the things that our parents are giving us, some of the things we give our kids are so that they can live their life differently. Absolutely. It's, it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I want you to know this so you can have informed choices Mm-hmm. that might look different yes. than than the life that we had or you have mm-hmm. right now but it it yeah. is that and i also am sitting with how some of it don't age well <laughs> so like some of it is like yeah yeah you know i i could make a decision right now to say we love like our home decor and mm-hmm. I'll be like, I love this couch. I'm going to get this to my kids one day. It is sturdy. It's comfortable. It's modular. You can watch. It's great. But by the yeah. time they had in your house, they'd be like, I don't, I don't, I don't want your couch, ma. I know. I don't, I don't want your stuff, you know? Yeah. And, and us being able to hold it loosely enough to go, okay. It's okay. It's okay. You yeah. don't have to. I, I don't know where that. that pressure comes from, but. I told Byron, he's like, I bought the house for the kids. I said, they might not want it. And it's okay. But why would they, they might not want it. They just might not. They have a right to say, we don't want mommy and daddy's house. Let's sell it. (laughs) And and for us to hold it loosely enough to go, okay. Felt the same thing about, you know, when I, a wedding, people were talking about my wedding dress. Are are you going to give it to one of your girls? I'm like, who, what? I don't need, listen. It's preserved. If they want it, oh my God, have at it. I don't know. (laughs) But I'm like, if you be like, nah, I'm cool. I'm like, that's, that is okay. Right. So there is this thing and about our, about legacy and how sometimes Mm -hmm. the legacy, the, the most impactful legacy that we can leave with our children is the capacity to be at choice the capacity Mm -hmm. to under, to say, I'm going to understand why I do a thing instead of just Mm -hmm. doing a thing that's legacy building. And what I'm hearing and what you're giving your family, the elderberry and sea moss is only the surface for here are the things that we want Mm -hmm. to put inside. And I just think that is so impactfully powerful. So has and I had to change the way I lead. I'm sorry, I I had to change the way I led um, with conversations. Um, And somebody said something very important. Um, I seen I don't know if it was like Tony Gaskins, I think, and he was like, "You have to lead in love." And once they receive that, you know, it's way more. It's soft. It's not like a demand or a command. You're just leading in love. And we want to leave a legacy of love. Because um, a lot of times we th- we talk about what we want to leave our kids and legacy and wealth and this and this and that. But I think most importantly, when we lead in love and we leave a legacy of love, everything will flow from that. I, I absolutely believe that. And it's also, I think there's a difference. So when someone says something to you and you mm-hmm. know it's rooted in love, even if you don't agree with the thing that they're saying, yeah. or you don't mm-hmm. take the advice or the piece of wisdom, you still have this relationship that's intact that says, I'm not going to take that on, but I know it came from a place of love. 
versus something that's coming from a place of control or malice or Mm -hmm. something. Even if they give you a good nugget, you like, I don't even know if I should take that. Like, yeah, it's true. Yeah, I probably should, but I don't trust your motivation or your heart Mm -hmm. and where you're coming from. And I, that is an overwhelming thing as I work with relationships, particularly as it comes to um, parent-child relationships. Yes. Is once they move into adolescence and adulthood and the nature of the parent-child relationship shifts. Yes. What they're left with is the kind of relationship seeds that were planted. So the adult Mm. who was responsible for the caregiving and caretaking of that child, if they led with control or through their own wounds and trauma, then that child was dependent Mm -hmm. upon them to a certain point. When once they are no longer dependent upon surviving with that parent, they often rupture that relationship or have a very, um, you know, either enmeshed or contentious bond that they have, that they have to work through in adulthood. But when the relationship was really rooted in love, even if the parent made all kinds of mistakes and did all kinds of things wrong, if you will, that we as parents do, mm-hmm. I see that that relationship when that child reaches adulthood still is clinging to something that is like salvageable and we can do this because I know yeah. it was rooted in love. So I do yeah, think I that is that. important for leaders, parents, and all mm-hmm. is sometimes it's not about the what. The, right. the what the thing is but it, it it is the how what what is your motivation and sometimes we do think that we are leading in love but it yeah. really is control we think it's we're control. leading in this but it's our mm-hmm. own wounds it's our it's not wanting our kids to feel the pain we felt because yeah. if my kid feels the pain I felt then I'm gonna feel it again so we yeah. go I gotta make sure you don't do that stupid thing because if you do that stupid thing then this is what's gonna happen and then I have to deal with it so that's really not again. about our kids at all mm-hmm. it's about no, protecting it's ourselves about yeah and, it, and and it just to me what happens is that we as parents we project our inner childhood trauma onto our children as much as we say we don't want them to be like that i want my household to be different than the way that i grew up we literally end up parenting the same exact way and we do some things different but whenever you're saying like well you should listen to me because i know and you shouldn't want to do this because i went through that you're already kind of projecting that inner childhood trauma that you'd probably never healed through onto your child and that's the thing right talk about it all the time it's a thing we just we got to be intentional we do our own work you know I was telling someone I don't remember oh yeah in one of my courses people get the overflow of what I give to myself my children Mm. get the overflow of what I give to myself so people comment on my parenting all the time maybe they comment on patience Mm-hmm. Um, and how I talk to my kids in a, a loving way. And I'm like, yeah, but I had to be patient and talk to myself in a loving way. Mm-hmm. That's the only way. When I started out trying to parent my children with what I didn't have inside, that mm-hmm. is temporary at best. I would run out of supply. Yes. I'm patient for a day, a week, yeah. a month, but then yeah. it comes some point where I'm going to explode because I'm not, I don't have a reservoir to pull from. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pulling it from somewhere else. Once I realized that I had to give my inner children the patience and the love and the gentleness that they deserve. Now my children are getting the overflow of that. Now my spouse mm-hmm. is getting the overflow. Now my mm-hmm. clients are getting the overflow. My listeners are getting the overflow. And I think that's a thing that I really want people to hone into. You keep trying to give out, out, out. At some point, yeah. you're going to run out. You're going to be depleted. You're going to be depleted when you give yeah. in. And it's not selfish. No. It is. It's for the benefit of all of that. It starts mm-hmm. to multiply within you. And now you can give that outwardly. So then you are parenting different than you were parented. Yes. You can't start from that place. I'm going to do the opposite. 
Right. The opposite ends up being a 360. You thought you was yep. doing a 180, but you just kept mm-hmm. on swinging around to the yep. same result. No, you don't yell at your kids, but you don't talk to them either. So yep. now you yelling at them made them feel dis. You felt distant from your parent because they were always yelling at you. So you had mm-hmm. to withdraw. But now you avoid all conflict with your kids and they feel distant because you're not supporting them. So the 360 right. is distance. It's right. withdrawal. Yeah, you did it different, but you did it from an avoidance place instead of yep. an abundance overflow place. And mm-hmm. that changes all the dynamics and how we engage in those relationships. Yes. And how they will respond. Absolutely. Now you mentioned before, like bringing this into your family, how mm-hmm. has your, um, your health crusade expanded outside of your family? So, um, once, you know, people start talking and, um, they're like, oh, okay. So Victoria can help with this. Uh, Victoria can help with that. And, and I truly appreciate that because also from five years ago versus now, I look at it more as an education thing. Uh, again, that was with me having to really dig deep and learn and teach myself versus just jumping on something and going, okay, I'm vegan today. I don't eat meat. You know, uh-uh. let's incorporate the education piece. So of course, um, when the pandemic happened, I just kind of really jumped out there with my business and was like, people are sick because I don't, again, I don't like to see people sick. So let me incorporate some of these things that I've been taking for myself and giving to my family and give it to other people. And that's where that came from. I mean, and then from there, it just kind of, it just went and I just started sharing information more and more information and then learning more about uh products making more products and then just giving it to the world i think you you hit on something that is it's key um so two world views around um how we engage with the world. You know, there is a linear worldview, which is very much our capitalistic uh, framework in which we are immersed. Yeah. How, how do I do this thing to get more profit? How do I get more? How do I get more? How do I get more? How yeah. do, and, and, and then in, in inevitably within the, the system in which we mm. are reared of capitalism, it at some point becomes exploitive. Yes. But there's also a relational worldview that says, how can I be in relationship with all, with earth and the nutrients that it provides with other people, even Mm -hmm. with resource like money. And, and it's not about how do I get more, but how can it become this reciprocal relationship? And Mm -hmm. that's what I'm hearing from you. And it becomes that people start talking. I mean, that's, regardless of which of those worldviews, that really is the best marketing plan ever. The reason Mm -hmm. commercials exist is so that people can talk about it. And Mm -hmm. it also leads back to something I've said numerous times. Healing is not just for us. Healing extends Mm -hmm. backwards, forward, and it surrounds us. So as we Mm -hmm. begin to heal physically, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, that can transcend backwards to our ancestors. It moves forward to our descendants and it surrounds everyone who is around us. So all of a sudden we are healthier in whatever capacity. Ultimately, people want some of that. Somebody sees somebody sick and they're like, oh, you need to talk to Victoria. They yeah. have this thing. Oh, you're going through this here. Call LaShonda. I get, e- I get all kinds of communication that start mm-hmm. off with so-and-so. Yep. I, I, I heard See about it. you yep. from so-and-so. Yep. And yep. here's the thing. And if I'm not able to provide that thing, then I now can go here, contact this person. So yep. it really is that social capital that we're mm-hmm. building. And when we become known for our essence, how we've healed that's one of the biggest compliments I could ever get. Ain't nobody yes. really com- coming to me asking me about no t-shirts. I do have t-shirts. Right. They come to me like, how I get that healing? 
how, yeah. how can I move past? How do, how do I, how do I build more resilience? How do I, how do I help navigate this trauma? So I'm hearing yes. that what happened is you got healthy. People start talking and they're People like, Hey, tell me more. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Tell me more. Um, and I always tell, I stop people dead in their tracks and I'm like, it's not about, we're not going to talk about weight because I only really care about if we can make health a daily conversation, it will shift so many things. Just, just the way we think about how we get up and comb our hair, how we get up and say, I'm going to wear this shirt today. If we say, I wonder how my colon is doing today. Talk about your colon like you talk about your hair. Right? I <laughs> can honestly like, say, I, right? I ain't never said how my colon doing today, but I, I do. Yeah. I need to, yeah. I need to figure some stuff out. How yeah. does Blaine doing in there? Yes. <laughs> like, I think my liver was okay last night. I'm not sure. But, uh, and I know, I know 100%, 90% of people might not get there, but it's just starting with the conversation like that um, versus you going to the doctor and getting that ultimate diagnosis. And, and I, I think embedded in that is um, this idea of truly recognizing our humanity and that we live mm-hmm. in bodies. It sounds crazy, but so many people don't realize we live in bodies. There are a lot of people who don't recognize they're human. I was one of those human. I mean, I was one of those people. Mm. It's not that I thought I was a different species. I thought I Mm. was superhuman. I thought that, you know, if humans need rest, if humans need authentic connection, if humans need to see themselves reflected, well, then I'm superhuman. I'm going to just keep, keep going, 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 going. I'm going to neglect the fact that I need hydration and rest and nutrients. I, and, and, and what that tells me is I did not fully understand my humanity and that I have to take care of the vessel that houses me. And when we think about that, now I do think about my home and maybe there are rooms that we utilize every day, kitchens, bathrooms, bedrooms, but there are places in the house that I don't, I don't go in every day, but sometimes I got to stop in and check and be like, how's this guest room doing? Like Mm -hmm. no one's been sleeping in here, but I will go in and try to spend some time in there, you know, open the blinds and all of that stuff. Even if it's not something that I am engaging with regularly, how do I make sure it's okay? And what I'm able to do from what you just said is I need to extend that, extend that to my body house that I need to think about these parts of my body that maybe I'm not consciously engaging. Mm-hmm. on an everyday basis but need love just like mm. everything else my colon yes. my liver yep. my kidneys mm-hmm. you know all of these parts of me that are functioning and doing well when was the last time I checked in so I really appreciate that frame because I'm like yeah I I can introduce that to my routine because yes. I talked to my littles and my parts now I need to just be like yo how that body doing yeah yeah, I appreciate that. My son is like, because of colon cancer, right? You know, uh, because of colon health. And he's seven and he's already using those words. Um, and even I'll tell you what, especially with the girls, um small things like cramps every mm-hmm. month, right? But if I introduce a normal conversation around their cycle and how you take care of your diet around that. And it's like, okay, because I'm not, you're not supposed to be laid up uh, once a month, bent over with a heating pad. You know, that's not normal. That is actually showing you that something is wrong and it can lead to something worse. So teaching them just raspberry leaf, like that is a normal thing. Raspberry leaf is something that I can drink to help my cycle out once a month. And it's not weird. You know, that's the thing, like teaching our children that herbs are not weird this is here to help our our bodies just like if you can say Tylenol you can say elderberry right and and I I normalizing that is because Tylenol Midol and Pampering those are normalized yes those are normalized because people are talking mm-hmm. about them. So I love this yep. idea of normalizing those other conversations. You yep. know, my self-care Sunday this past week was that 
you know, pain and discomfort in the body is not Mm. necessarily signaling injury or harm. That's right. Sometimes it's just telling us it needs a shift or a change. Uh And so when we are so conditioned as a culture to avoid pain, Mm. that from the earliest of ages, infancy, Mm. we are numbing pain and trying to make it go away instead of the practice and the routine of going what is my body communicating to me if we recognize that an infant can only communicate through crying Mm -hmm. we don't necessarily take the cries as they're hurt we say they're they're something there's something so let me let me go triage let me pick up the Mm -hmm. baby let me feed the baby let me change the baby let me play with the baby oh then it stopped what if your body's discomfort and pain was like that infant's cry. It's not yeah. saying I'm hurt. It's saying I need something. And sometimes yeah. that need, like I, I am conditioned. If I get it, I don't get headaches often. Mm-hmm. If I get a headache, the first thing I think is, am I hydrated? Mm. It has become this signal. I probably haven't been hydrating. That has been my body signal to say, girl, you need to drink something. Right? Yes. If I feel something else, I'm learning to not go, Oh, and I haven't, honestly, I haven't, I had a headache this past week and I did take, um, I took some, whatever, ibuprofen. That was probably Mm -hmm. the first time I've taken a pain reliever in years. Now Mm. I recognize that that headache was definitely part of, uh, an emotional situation I was going through. So I Mm -hmm. recognize it. I wasn't trying to numb. So that's also not saying just be in pain, but let's understand why I took, (laughs) <laughs> when I, right. my normal ways of going didn't work, I took the ibuprofen, but I understood the route and I kept working towards it. And when right. I'm working with my uh, personal trainer, when someone is going through something emotional, I will pause and say, where do you feel that in your body? Breathe into that part of your body. Oh, yes. That is what, so important. Yes. It's very important that you do that because your body will tell you. And I tell people, talk to your body because it will give you a signal. It absolutely it will. will. But yes, when I'm working out and I was, my lower back, we were doing an exercise. My lower back was speaking. And mm. I said, it's not like it's hurt. It's, you know, and so he got down, him and Jay, you know, they did some soft massage and I had to breathe into the space and it went away. And I'm like, girl, if there is an emotional anything, I'm like, breathe mm-hmm. into that space. But here I am with my body and, and, And I was like, breathe into it, that breath. So sometimes when we envision our breath, breathing into that spot that's talking, that's all it needs to release. And it says, thank you for hearing me. I need to adjust. So I realized that I was doing something that was utilizing my lower back and that was no longer my lower back's job. Mm-hmm. And so now that it was alerting me, I don't have to go like, Ooh, let me stop exercising or let me take this medicine. It's let me stop and listen long enough to go. Oh, somehow I've been doing compens. I've compensated somewhere for something. Thank yep. you for letting me know. And so I think there are so many ways for us to get into loving reciprocal relationships with yes. our whole body. That yes. transforms the way we live this life. Yes. Uh, and I, I think it's going to be um, necessary when, especially they say, oh, 50% of the world will be sick in 2025. How do you guys know that for one? But for two, I don't like that. Like we should be saying, I, I don't, I don't want to be a part of that list. Um, it's, it's just kind of scary to say, are to know that 40% of people under 40 have some type of sickness or illness. That's just beyond me. And I'm raising children. So I'm like, oh my God, you know? What life are they going to leave? Well, when Uh we were talking about, okay, it's not just what do I eat? We have to take into consideration all the aspects of transition. Part Mm -hmm. of health is starting to help. (laughs) So- you start getting healthy you start realizing how much we're destroying earth. You can't yes. help it. So yeah. when we go 40% of people under blah, blah, blah are going to be sick. Well, how do we inoculate against that? Well, here are the natural things. Oh, but we destroyed them to mm-hmm. build that industrial yeah. complex. 
yep. to build that highway, beautiful city, to to do Green all grass. these things, right? Yeah. Lawns, yeah. right? I mean, your husband' mm-hmm. business is lawns. I love my yeah. lawn, and I'm like, this wasn't even part of the plan. <laughs> some some animals supposed to be grazing on this. This ain't for aesthetics. Yes. But yes. you you start to realize that part of the sickness is that we have literally destroyed Absolutely. so much of the things that were put here to help us remain in good health. And then yeah. we build the factory that that processes the processed food that we uh-huh. eat. We destroyed the things that were there. And I, I'm, I don't have this big ideological thing. This is not pointing fingers outward. This is yeah. looking at myself, my complicity and, and all the things, but I, we need to be talking about this. Yeah. We need to be recognizing that, yeah. you know, when yeah so anyway it, it's a lot so that that becomes part of the conversation as well some yeah. our culture teaches us that we have to continue to further evolve to health and mm-hmm. i'm saying we need to re indigenize and evolve back right to the health that our ancestors had absolutely instead of this technology we think technology holds the answers but the answers have always been here we've just been shutting it out with all the noise of all the new stuff so we really got to be able to to get back to those things because they were healthy and Mm -hmm. and and when i say our ancestors despite all the things yeah but despite all the things how were they healthier when they were in i mean living under the conditions they lived and yet their bodies were solid and healthy were able to bring life and yet in 2022 black women are dying in hospitals babies are not coming home I have an issue with that It, it don't sit right with me when my ancestors was picking cotton all day in the field and still was able to push nine pound 10 pound babies out on a plantation and nobody's saying anything it's just your baby didn't make it thank you yeah we gotta look at that we 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 gotta we we have to start looking at wait a minute right so we could talk forever yeah um i am convinced (laughs) (laughs) um but this, 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 this thing about transitional health mm-hmm. and how it, it starts with us and then it, it moves into our families and then the overflow of that begins to spread out is, is, is a thing. It has been happening, but I love that we're able to kind of bring that into the present. Is there anything yeah. that I didn't ask or any topic that we didn't cover that you want to leave with the listeners? Um, I know we did mention before that you and I, like a little bit about like bringing your aspect as far as like mental health, um, just tapping into that a little bit. Um, I think again, not only with food, but, um, environment, community, all of those things also play a major part into our mental health. Um, but once we tap into food and environment that we can correct some of those things absolutely right because it's it's we also live in a culture that wants to separate it I have a body yeah I have emotions I have Mm -hmm. what I eat I have the environment that I'm in and they will put that into four different categories oh no it's all one so when we when when we talk Mm -hmm. about health this whole time it has been comprehensive full body Physical, psycho, social, spiritual, emotional health all together. So absolutely, Victoria, we are talking about, because you mentioned earlier, like brain fog, memory, all of that is connected to Mm -hmm. gut health and movement and hydration and all of it. It is Mm -hmm. all together for sure. So I know you talked about the fact that you have a business. Tell us Mm -hmm. what the business is. And if people are interested in being educated more and getting some of those products, how can they find you? Okay. So um, my business is Vicky's Healthy Delights. 
And once again, I just kind of, um, I, I changed my products a lot. So I used to have elderberry gummies, um, elderberry syrup I still do have, but I have incorporated more herbs. Um, so I'm putting together packages for like a colon cleanse, a parasite cleanse, um, <clears throat> a gut cleanse. Um, and then also just, again, like, a cleanse for women, a monthly tea that can help them regulate their cycles to cut back on seven day and heavy bleeding and things like that. Um, so really right now, those are the things that my website offers, but I do um, offer consultations and then I do um, incorporate uh, going to the grocery store with people and just changing our refrigerators out a little bit. I love that because sometimes people be like, get all this stuff and you still be walking around that grocery store like what? But no, you, you, you know what? You have to teach yourself how to grocery shop. Word or don't and make sure your husband yeah. how to do it. But <laughs> I yeah. love that you go with people because yes. um, we are often marketed this kind of self-help go do it yourself but mm -hmm. really what yeah. happens is we heal in relationship and yes. when people are offering us with the services that I've used where people have done things with me have been mm -hmm. so super empower impactful and empowering so I so appreciate I appreciate that so how can people get in touch with you so you can find me um, on Instagram at Vicky's Healthy Delights. And then my website is also VickyHealthyDelights.com. Um, and then my personal IG is Mrs. Farley 40, where you can send me uh, questions about my products and things like that. So, yes. Yeah. So we will definitely have that information in the show notes so y'all can reach out to Victoria. I really appreciate you taking the time to be here with me and have this awesome conversation. No and problem. We'll have to do it again and talk more. Yes, I am. I am here. I love conversation and education. Yes. <laughs> So I want to give a special shout out to Trey Angel, who does all the music for the Labors of Love podcast, and to my producer, Jay Sugg from Instant Classic Media. And of course, y'all know I'm going to shout y'all out, my listeners. I appreciate y'all for tuning in every single week. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me, if you have suggestions for content or guests, go to my website, www.thelaborsoflove.com. Scroll all the way down. There's a form there near the podcast. And if you go all the way down to the bottom, if you're not receiving the Labors of Love newsletter, go ahead and sign your information in down there so you can get the newsletter. We are on all the major social media outlets. If you're not on TikTok yet following me, what are you waiting for? Don't forget that YouTube has all of our Therapy Thursday videos and pause right now give us that five star rating and write a review for us on the uh platform that you listen if you can and don't forget to share the podcast with your loved ones and friends until we connect again you all be well <laughs>